Welcome to the That's Get Healthier Podcast. Share your love with a five-star review. Who's on a quest to get health breakthroughs? Connect with us on Health Bootcamp's Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier Podcast today. And the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hi, everyone. I'm Rena Jadav, the founder of Health Bootcamps. 14 days to helping you unleash better health. And today we are talking about the ticker. Why? Because it is still the number one cause of death in the US for both men and women. And here to tell us that that doesn't need to be the case is Dr. Jack Wolfson. Hi, Dr. Jack, welcome. Rena, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Very excited to talk about this information. So a little bit about Dr. Jack, he's amazing. He is a board-certified cardiologist who uses nutrition and supplements to heal, a man after my own heart. And in fact, he, along with his wife, run a wonderful website and clinic called The Doctors Wolfson. We're, of course, going to put this in the show notes, and you will have a chance to, oh, there, you're going to show us the book. And he is the author of The Paleocardiologist. That's what we're going to talk about today. Dr. Jack, let's get started with a really basic question, which I am still baffled at, which is, why is heart disease still the number one killer of Americans? What are we doing wrong? Well, it's real simple. We're not going after the cause. As a cardiologist, uh, and I spent so much of my career just pushing pharmaceuticals, statin drugs, aspirin, blood pressure drugs, heart rhythm drugs, doing procedures, angiograms, stress tests, uh, pacemakers, sending people to bypass surgery. And not once do we ever talk about why do we ever address the cause. And that just goes to medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology training. We never discuss those things. It's all about what pill, what procedure can we do? That's all we know. And then at the end of the day, uh, that's also how, how medicine really is financially driven. So doctors make more money when they order more tests uh, as well, and they see a lot of patients. And as you know, it takes a lot longer to explain to them the healthy lifestyle as opposed to, here, take this pill. Um, that can be done very quickly, and that's how you make a lot more money. So doctors need to start addressing the cause of why people have health issues, and they need to take a very um, uh, you know, in a strong approach towards prevention. You know, there was a myth of who gets a heart attack, right? So it was, must be someone eating a lot of eggs, must be someone really obese, someone out of shape, maybe a smoker. And uh, I have a story to share. Uh, we were at a party this weekend, this last weekend, and I ran into a friend who told me that her husband had had a heart attack. Now, if you look at her husband, he's very skinny, very fit looking, tall. There's no way you would ever assume that someone like him would have a heart attack. So let's talk a little bit about what are we missing in terms of the profile of someone who ends up with a heart attack. And then we're gonna, of course, talk about what does it take to prevent this? Well, I think there's so many factors, obviously, that go into it. And like you said, some of the things that are obvious, you know, obesity, smoking, uh, you know, uh, you know, poor lifestyle choices, and obviously you're related in high blood pressure and stuff like that. Those are the obvious things. And the more things you stack up, 
the more those people will, you know, have a higher likelihood of having an event. But the world is full of people like you just described. And I've seen thousands of cases like that where the person looks amazing outside, but on the inside, they are rotting. And a lot of times you don't know that. Uh, you don't know that unless you go see a doctor to do advanced testing to really be able to show to people, hey, you've got some massive problems going on here. We need to address all of those. But the classic guy, I mean, take a look at recently this guy, Bob Harper, from uh, you know Biggest Loser. Anybody That's would look right. at that guy and say, wow, he's totally fit. He's in great shape and he follows this great diet. You know, but listen, Bob Harper, I don't know his stress level. I don't know if he got adequate sleep. Living in New York, I don't think he got adequate sunshine. That's for sure. He's covered in tattoos, and tattoos are all artificial, uh, you know, chemicals and and dyes and heavy metals. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, once again, you know, the, the the stress level that cardiologists never discuss. I have a whole chapter in my book about stress, and uh, the chapter is called "One Nation Under Prozac." And the answer is, you know, it's not a Prozac deficiency. Uh, we're under stress. We've got you know, stress, anger, anxiety, depression. It's all in the medical literature. And the cardiologists don't care. They don't read it. Yeah. And it's not just the cardiologist. Your primary care doesn't care. So, no. it, you know, you, you would hope that if you went to your, for your annual checkup that your doctor would sit down and say, so let's talk about your wellness plan. But really, it isn't like that. And so uh, I think that's where the emergence of functional medicine has come up. But let's talk about... What are the factors? So you've already mentioned a few. You've mentioned stress, sleep. Uh, what else? Toxins, environmental toxins. And are these equally to blame? Or is there a proportion difference in terms of, you know, where does it all stack out? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I guess the easy answer is to say that they are equally to blame and science really doesn't tell us that this contributes this amount of risk and this amount. But, you know, fundamentally, uh, what, you know, the things that I talk about in my book and I talk about from the stage and I talk about here and to anyone that'll listen uh, <laughs> is, is basically eating the right foods. And to me, no matter what diet you're on, make it organic. So if you're vegan, you're vegetarian, you're South Beach diet, you're paleo, you're keto, just make it organic foods. And that's a good start. Just, so just get all the chemical poison out of your diet. And that will create tremendous resolution in your health symptoms right from there. Uh, I also, I'm 100% gluten-free. I do a very advanced test from a company, um, uh, if I may say, you know, online, yes. is, uh, you know, Vibrant America. They're based actually in San Francisco. The, um, uh, they use microchip technology. They're looking, at, uh, they're looking at leaky gut. And leaky gut is something that if you're out there, Google it, become familiar with it. I got 10 blogs on it and I talk about it in my book. Uh, yet when I heard about it from my wife, who's a doctor of chiropractic, who got me all natural, I never heard about leaky gut in my life, and med medical doctors still blow it off. But, uh, you know, once you give people, Rena, right, you give them the piece of paper that says, congratulations, you have leaky gut, congratulations, you have 15 different antibodies that are spiking as an autoimmune condition to gluten, um, we've got a problem. And I'm telling you right now, Rena, and I know you know this, given your background, uh, coronary artery disease is autoimmune. That's right. Hypertension is autoimmune. Atrial fibrillation is autoimmune. So we talk about diet. We talk about sunshine. You know, our ancestors went to sleep with the sundown, which nobody yeah. does. Yes. They woke with the sunrise, which people do because they can't sleep well. And then they spent the day in and out of the sun and they were naked. Yes. They were naked in the sun. 
And that's why three quarters of my patients, I'm down here in Arizona, three quarters of the people that come see me are from other states. And they're coming from Seattle. They're coming from Portland. They're coming from Canada. They're coming from Minnesota. They're coming from upstate New York. They're coming from cold weather climates where people are not getting sunshine. And if you don't get sunshine, you're in real, real trouble. So, and then you mentioned the environmental toxins, of course. You know, I just tell my patients quite simply, everything you bring into your house, is it toxic or not? If you don't know, don't bring it in. Laundry detergent, fabric softener, dryer sheets, colognes, perfumes, uh, uh, candles, uh, new furniture, new flooring, you name it. These are all poisons. And if you doubt me, I've got 300 references in my book to the medical doctors and the PhDs who wrote the original literature. It's all there for anybody to see. If you want answers, if you want answers, they're out there. You know that. How much sun do we need? People start, get very interested in sort of, well, I get sun. You know, when I'm driving, there's sun kind of coming right into me. And as I'm walking from my car to my office, there's sun. How much sun do we actually need? All I can tell you, obviously, is that quite simply, our ancestors were always naked in the sun. You're never naked in the sun. Right. Always, never. Right. So, um, you know, and, and it's, the literature is very clear. The people with the highest levels of vitamin D... Mm -hmm. you know, have the lowest risk of everything. And this is not about vitamin D in a supplement bottle because that's not going to do the job, right. not even close. That's right. But, you know, so I tell people, you know, when people say, well, what do I do? I, I live in, uh, you know, I live in San Francisco and it's kind of sunny here, but it's chilly and I don't know, I never go outside. What do I tell people? Move. If you live in one of these climates, move. If you can't move, take a lot of vacations. If you can't take a lot of vacations, uh, you know, take vitamin D and vitamin K and hope for the best, but you're really, it's a crapshoot. You're in trouble. I've seen so many people, like I said, Alaska, Montana. Um, it's, it's a problem when you don't get the sun and I could, you know, you and I could talk about sunshine and all the benefits so much more than vitamin D. I could talk about it for hours. Yes. Uh, but, uh, the, the short, you, know, you don't have to understand the science, just understand that you need to get uh, sun. When I spoke of the truth about cancer, uh, in front of, you know, 3,000 people and tens of thousands of people worldwide, I you know, put up my slide about 17 different cancers that are reduced from sun exposure. So once again, finally, you know, the highest level of vitamin D, lowest risk, the highest amount of sun exposure, lower the, the lowest uh, cholesterol levels and the lowest your cardiac risk. Um, you know, and once again, it just makes common sense. We've yeah. been in the sun forever. And better the sleep. So I'll share my example. You know, I had the 28 crazy symptoms, and those of you who've watched my videos are probably familiar with those, but I had all kinds of insane symptoms. And of course, I did do pretty dramatic changes to my lifestyle, but one of the first big ones was the sun. And, and Dr. Jack, I have to tell you, within two days of me just going out for a one and a half hour, two hour walk in the sun, that's how I started. I would just kind of do this two hour circuit and walk gently, slowly, so I wasn't trying to get fit. It was just a matter of getting sun, and I'd make sure that I was sort of pretty naked, as you put it. I started sleeping so well, and it was mind-boggling, sort of this deep, peaceful sleep where I would wake up refreshed, and I hadn't had that before. Well, obviously, what the, you know, the sun does is just, I mean, it, it, it primes the pineal gland and make a lot of melatonin, and that's really what's, what's super important. But, you know, the amount of breast cancer, colon cancer, uh, yeah. thyroid cancer, 
uh, ovarian, testicular. I mean, how many men out there are getting their testicles in the sun? Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't have data that says, oh, well, the people that get to their testicles in the sun have a lower risk. I know that what makes common sense, and it's real, real simple. Sunburn is bad. So, you know, when you were going on uh, spring break from Harvard and you were going down to, uh, you know, South Beach or Cancun and yeah. got fried, that was bad. Yes. Sunshine is good. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of the pushback comes. And that's why I asked you how much, because I often get that pushback. Well, wait a minute. I thought there's skin cancer and I thought we shouldn't be in the sun. And, and the reason I want to spend some quality time talking about it is because it is critical. It should be number one on the list of to-dos. And you're not confirming even for heart, it's the top thing to do. And that we shouldn't worry about constantly being sunscreen because if you put your sunscreen, you can't get the sun, right? Uh, most certainly, it's it's um, uh, if you're going to use if you're going to be out in the sun all day long, fine. You know, go ahead and put on some organic sunscreen. So it comes with zinc oxide, and then it's in organic jojoba oil and hemp seed oil and coconut oil. You know, I mean, I've got no problem with that. Uh, you know, if you're going to be out in the sun and you're worried about it, okay, fine, do a little bit of cover up, but embrace that sunshine as being so important. You know, the the sun enters right in through the eyes. That's why I've not worn sunglasses in six years and my vision is totally perfect but i never wear glasses and i encourage people once again don't wear sunglasses let the energy of the sun come into those cameras called the eyeballs right in back to the back of the eyes called the retina and the retina fires back into the brain cycles up and down the cervical spine back to the pineal gland where we make melatonin and if the sun is not coming in through those eyeballs you're in trouble uh i also you know would say that you know you know along the same token the artificial light, especially after sundown, destroys melatonin. So that's where you're going to bed with the sundown. If not, you're wearing, you know, everybody's talking these days about, you know, um, you know blue light protection and blue light glasses. And those are available for 10 bucks on Amazon. Uh, you know, there's really so much, you know, the, the sun, the sun hits the skin and cranks up levels of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is the body's main vasodilator, uh, lowers inflammation, lower oxidative stress, natural blood flow, increases parasympathetic tone, does so many things, you know, from the sun, you know, the sunshine. Do I think there's benefit to the sunshine coming right in to my heart? Yes. And, and yes. energizing the heart. Yes, I do. I do. And it's just we, we evolved with the sun. And, so, and, and the sun is free, right? If you know, people are like, listen to us like, oh, I can't afford to eat organic food. And I can't afford, I'm, you know, I can't afford this and that. You can afford sunshine and you can afford to go to sleep on time. Rena, we're giving people the answers. What people do with the answers is up to them. But they're answers. You know, the problem so far has been that the sun doesn't have a great PR agency because no one's making money off of the free sun. So that's where, where you and I come in, right? I think we're going to become the PR team for, um, for sun and for some of the natural things that are out there that heal stress. Can I say one more thing, too, yeah. is that the, um, the catcher's mitt in the back of the eye is, is called the retina. And... The retina is responsible for converting you know, the electrical energy coming in from the sun and from lights, and it converts that into chemical energy. So, so to send messages back up into the brain and up and down, the brain controls, of course, you know, every single cell in the body. The number one thing that is loaded in the back of the eye is DHA. DHA is a polyunsaturated fatty acid. We know it, uh, I guess, as basically 
fish oil would be the most common term. The number one place where the omega-3 DHA, quote unquote fish oil, is located is in the back of the eye because the DHA is part of the catcher's mitt that catches that sun and turns it into chemical energy. And that's why it's so important to eat high quality seafood as part of their diet. And I would encourage anyone who's a vegan out there, I love animals, I mean, my, my wife is like number one animal lover. We donate so much money to animal <laughs> charities that do it the right way. And we've got tons of rescue dogs and all these different things. Um, you know, uh, why can't a vegan eat an oyster? Right. Like, does it does an oyster have any more or less feelings than a head of cabbage? I, I don't know. It's not my specialty. Right. And like the pain threshold of an oyster, I can only tell you that the people – that eat seafood, it's very clear they live the longest and the best. Yeah, there was a lot of research that came out of the longevity study, the blue zone study as well, that talked about the folks that, you know, Japan, I think, um, was one of those where people that ate fish, but it was clean, pure fish. And Dr. Jack, now we're dealing with pollution there as well. So that's a whole different can of worms. I'm going to come back to some, and before we yep. get into stress, I want to say one more thing. One of the things I hear over and over again is, hey, what about vitamin D liquid? What about the supplement? And I heard you say this, and I have personally experienced this as well. It's not the same. Am I right? No, it's, uh, it's different, and it's different. It'll raise levels. You can raise your vitamin D levels, of course, with supplementation, but it's not the same. You have to get it from the sunshine. Listen, if it's wintertime, you know, where you live and you've got no alternative, you know, then, then vitamin D supplements, uh, certainly in high dose, I always recommend vitamin D with vitamin K because vitamin D, uh, you know, what it does is it obviously causes a lot of calcium retention in the body, and if you don't take that calcium and store it, into the bones, it'll go into the arteries. That's very clear. So if you're going to take a vitamin D, you got to also take vitamin K. I'm not a big fan of combo products. I, I recommend taking them separately. And then that takes me to my next, uh, you know, stream of consciousness thought here, right? Where yes. you, you get rolling with this stuff. But yes. the only time I've had soy personally in 10 years is natto, uh, fermented soybeans, that uh, you have to make sure you get them that say, you know, GMO free and preferably organic. Um, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm loving some fermented uh, natto. It's absolutely delicious. And uh, back to that point is that it is by far and away, nothing's even close, not even organ meats. And I'm a huge fan of free range grass fed organ meats. Nothing is close to natto as far as vitamin K2. And vitamin K2 takes that calcium, tacks it up in the bones and prevents it from going into the arteries and will actually reverse coronary artery disease. Wow, the, these are actually two really good hacks, getting the vitamin K in to make sure that you're not creating more trouble by taking your vitamin D, and of course, secondly, getting that natto in. I actually toss it into smoothies and stuff. There's so much you can do with it, by the way. You toss, um, wait, I'm sorry, you toss natto into smoothies. I sure do. Wow. I toss a whole bunch of things into my smoothies these days and I just gulp it down, you know? Well, I will say this too, is that I like smoothies as well and we do a lot of greens powders. I'll give myself another like shameless plug here. You know, here's our personal organic, you know, greens powder. No stevia, no flavors. No, it's 100% food uh, in this bottle. Oh, cool. and, um, I like smoothies, but I want people to enjoy their smoothies. I don't like when people come in and they're like, oh, 
I took your, you know, your triple greens combo, you know, with the beetroot powder and I added in this and I added in, you know, like a raw egg and I'm, and, and I choked it down. I'm like, <laughs> that's like me. <laughs> that doesn't help stress level. That doesn't help enjoyment. Uh, as you know, obviously we should all be like, you know, yeah. blessing our food and I'm not like that kind of spiritual, but, uh, you know, we, we should be enjoying things as they come, you know, uh, as we're doing it. So, okay. okay. I'll try enjoying my I'll stop throwing stuff like spirulina and, and natto into my smoothies and try to spirulina. I think plays nicely. I, I love spirulina. By the way, as far as cholesterol is concerned, for those people that want to get off their cholesterol drugs, spirulina in seven randomized clinical trials has proven to lower total cholesterol down by forty-seven points. Wow! The amount of times I prescribe statin drugs in my practice is zero. I get people off of statin drugs. Wow. They're poison. They're a cover-up. They're artificial. They've got the side effects. Uh, according to their, their literature, if there is benefit, the benefit is tiny. What you and I are talking about is not lowering your risk of a heart attack from here to here. It's lowering it down to zero, and we know they cannot do that. That's right. Let's talk about more food items like spirulina that actually make a huge difference. What else do you like to uh, prescribe, and what percentages can people achieve by taking these products? Well, you know, um, uh, I'm a big fan of beetroot and we sell a product on our website and I'm sorry for the shameless push, but it's whatever. I'm, I'm not a good salesman or I'm a doctor and doctors are terrible yes. at everything except for prescribing pills. Um, but um, uh, beetroot is another tremendous source and our product contains the beetroot, the red, and then also the beet greens, and it's all organic, no stevia, no fillers, no artificials, obviously nothing like that. And once again, that beetroot mm -hmm. is one of the highest sources of nitrate, NO3, which gets converted by the oral bacteria, which nobody has because of Crest toothpaste and so yeah. on and so forth. And then in the acidic stomach, which nobody has because of chlorine and fluoride and um, uh, you know, everyone's taken their, their, uh, you know, acid blockers and stuff That's like that right. in the acidic stomach, you turn it into nitric oxide and nitric oxide does this opens up the blood vessels, does so many amazing things mm. and people need to get it. They can certainly get it from eating beets and beet greens and, you know, arugula and spinach and other sources. Um, but it's really medicinal when you do it as a powder into your smoothie. And finally, beetroot is nature's viagra oh. so for any men that are listening to this the beetroot is the boner juice there is literature that beetroot juice increases blood flow to the female clitoris ah. so it helps with female boners as well okay so forget that glass of wine that shared glass of wine make it a shared glass of beetroot juice yeah, you know, as much as I love the taste of alcohol, I don't think alcohol is uh, uh, very healthy. And for those people that, you know, that are drinking, you know, two, three glasses of red wine a day. And by the way, that red That's wine, great. unless it's organic, it's all soaked with glyphosate and other pesticides. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think alcohol is kind of like, you know what, let's have a drink on Friday night, maybe one on Saturday night. I think that's about it. That's a really good point. So you've given us some amazing food hacks at this point. So between the beetroot juice, et cetera, what else do you recommend? So we've talked about sun. We've talked about some great food hacks. What about stress? Because as I understand, there've been some studies where they found that you could actually get away with a poor diet, even relatively bad sleep habits, as long as your stress level was down to nothing. So stress is a big contributor, I think, to a lot of our issues, especially heart. What have you seen work to get people's stress levels down? 
Well, I think that, you know, first, first of all, is that poor nutrition contributes to stress. And then when you're under stress, you go back to poor nutrition, right? If you're yes. stressed out or there's a relationship issue or financial issues or work-related issues, um, you know, in you know, family, if, if there's something like that going on, you're not looking for um, a beet uh, greens drink, right? You're looking for a hot fudge sundae. You're not looking for a broccoli salad. So that spiral makes everything worse. Um, but, you know, quite clearly, I'm a huge fan. And then also, you know, nutritional deficiencies, right? So you, if yes. you want to do, uh, you know, get them on the right supplements. There's a ton of supplements in the, you know, stress control space, B vitamins, omega-3. The higher the levels of omega-3, the, the lower levels of stress that someone's going to have. So you give the body all the tools it needs to get the job done. Uh, we're always going to have some degree of stress. If you yes. can get it out of your life, do it. Heck, I, le I left the biggest cardiology group in the state of Arizona. Talk about stressful. Yes. To do so and risky to do so, but, you know, it's the age-old story. I wish I did it five years earlier. Mm. Um, and then as far as stress is concerned, uh, yoga, meditation, tai chi, uh, physical activity, going for a walk, like you said, a bike ride, a hike. There's so many different ways, you know, go on vacation, get a massage, get a massage, do, um, uh, hire, hire a chef to come into your house, you know, for the people that, uh, you know, that can afford it. And I'll tell you, you can find someone to come into your house and prepare food for you on Sunday night and they can prepare food for you for the entire week. So there's no more excuses about you didn't have food, you didn't have time. They go in, they prepare the food on Sunday night, they make you a big salad, they make you, uh, you know, cut up all the vegetables, they get everything prepared for you, you're a very successful uh, business person, you know, consultant, whatever you do, have, you know, um, you know Tim Ferriss, four-hour work week, turf yeah. it off on somebody else to let them do it uh, and, uh, and stay healthy. When I used to work in the hospitals, I used to walk around with a can of sardines and mm -hmm. an avocado. Wow. And that, um, you know, I, I have patients that drive a truck for a living, you know, for example, and it's like, yeah. hey, just, you got to be prepared. So prepare yourself. Yeah, I love that. Let's talk about your book, The Paleocardiologist. What prompted you to write it? And what's the core message you want to get out? Uh, the core message is really is that, there, you know, is that the tagline is there's a natural way to heart health, a natural way to heart health. And it's not the pills. It's not the procedures. They don't work. The answer is true prevention, and I outline all the reasons why, and I give you a plan to make it all uh, successful. And I wrote that so people all around the world would have something to hold in their hands where they can read and refer back to, and it's been just, it's done phenomenal on my website, on Amazon, anytime I go speak, obviously. Uh, the way I speak is very different, of course, than uh, just about every other cardiologist, so mm -hmm. it makes it very unique. And, uh, and, and also it just, uh, you know, I guess in some way it's kind of like, you know, to, you know, rub it in the face of my old practice partners who would never listen to me, had no interest in what I was saying. What I have to say is bad for business. Therefore don't say it or get out. And, um, uh, eventually I got it out and I wrote the book and, uh, like I said, it's been absolutely incredible. So people all around the world, if they can't afford to fly out to Arizona or it's not possible, Hey, read my book and you'll just get so much information. Why paleo? So we've got the whole keto craze right now. The paleo craze was pretty big prior. What do you think about paleo versus keto versus vegan? What is the right diet for heart health? Well, you know, I think obviously you can have 50 different guests and, and we'll all sit there and debate and I know who all the big vegan players yeah. are. I only go by this. What, you know, eat the foods that our ancestors ate for millions of years. It worked for them. 
it'll work for us. You know, what the animals eat. All animals eat other, either other animals or they eat insects. Um, keto, I think, is fine for a cleanse. Frankly, there's some pretty decent data on cardiac parameters, what happens to blood pressure, inflammation, oxidative stress. Uh, when you follow those keto people for up to six months, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, but once again, why try and reinvent the wheel, right? We're not telling people, hey, you know what, go on the helium diet because breathing helium is better than oxygen. <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, we breathe air. We eat paleo foods. My book has a paleo foundation, and the foundation, is, of course, is tons of vegetables. I love vegetables, but I also understand the value of eating free-range grass-fed meat, trying to get those organs into the diet, eating wild seafood, sardine, anchovy, wild salmon, shellfish. I don't eat tuna or other big fish like, uh, you know, for example, like I guess would be like shark or, um, uh, uh, you know, swordfish or something like that. They're just, they're just too toxic for most people. Yeah. And fundamentally, I test people. When people are eating wild salmon, sardine, anchovy, shellfish, they're not showing up with levels of toxins. And let me say this, you know, the whole world is polluted. It's fatalistic. It's sad, you know, nihilistic to say, but, you know, polar bears have over 300 chemicals that are found in their yes. blood. So, you know, uh, you know, you do the best you can, but the value of eating seafood uh, cannot be, uh, uh, you know, stressed enough. What are your favorite foods that are paleo friendly or what, what do you love for heart health? Well, I, I love eating eggs. It's so contrary to what, you know, yeah. so many people say, but eggs are just like an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal food. And eggs are a cocoon for a baby chicken. That's how a chicken comes to life. You can't raise a chicken on oatmeal. Uh, so think about all the nutrients, all the brain boosters uh, that are in there. And I write tons of blog posts on that. Uh, I'm also a big fan of, uh, of spices. You know, spices are so medicinal. You know, you open up your spice drawer and you just dump those little nature's pharmacy, pharmacy with, a, with an F. Uh, you dump that into your, your food, whether it's eggs or into your salads or your salad dressing. Uh, that's, where the, that's where a lot of the pharmaceuticals came from, was from the spice industry, right? They took uh, oregano and they fed it to a hypertensive lab rat and they found that their blood pressure went down. So what is it so unique about oregano? And they pulled out all these different particles of it. Uh, and they, uh, you know, they found what worked and then they put a patent on it and, you know, a hundred billion dollars later, uh, there you have it. But, um, other paleo foods that I like, uh, wow. I mean, there's so many, I mean, obviously I eat a lot of avocado. I eat a lot of, what, tell us a little bit about your diet. What's your breakfast? What's your lunch? What's your dinner? I guess that's easy enough. I mean, I do, you know, so, uh, breakfast is always a, a greens drink. And then after that, maybe a handful of walnuts, maybe it's a, a protein powder, uh, uh, you know, or, you know, some kind of nut and seed. Maybe on the weekends, it's, uh, you know, it's eggs and salmon or eggs and bacon. Obviously, well, like I said, everything's organic, everything's free range, everything's the best of the best quality. Uh, occasionally, we'll do gluten-free pancakes, we'll do, uh, you know, gluten-free French toast, you know, things like that. And then for lunch, typically, it's a big salad, avocado, uh, you know, maybe a can of sardines, nuts, seeds, dinner, maybe more of the same, lots of vegetables, two thirds raw, one third steamed or cooked, you know, cooked in some way. And that's uh, kind of how we roll. Lots of spices, high quality water. Uh, I'll give you another hack. My favorite water is Pellegrino. Uh, okay. I drink a lot of high quality water, you know, from our filtration system in the house. But Pellegrino is the single highest water source of sulfur. And yeah. sulfur is what makes garlic and onions so amazing and also makes eggs so amazing because of the sulfur and the amino acids that are in there. And 
Uh, Pellegrino has a lot of sulfur as well, and sulfur makes glutathione, and yeah. glutathione is the main antioxidant in the body. I test people's glutathione levels in their blood, inside of their cells. Two-thirds of people have glutathione levels in the toilet. It's a problem. Let's talk testing for a moment. What are your favorite tests? What tests do you do to find out what someone's heart health is like? I, I love tests. Let me say this, and I talk about this in the book. Anyone who tries to offer you a CT scan under the purveyance of health, run from them. You do not need a coronary calcium score. Coronary uh, you know, calcium scores, radiation causes heart disease, causes cancer, causes brain damage. Don't do it. Let's just assume we do, and let's deal with it. Get the blood test that you need. Get the leaky gut panel. Get the micronutrients, intracellular vitamins, minerals, heavy metals, advanced lipids, advanced markers of inflammation, oxidative stress, advanced thyroid, autoimmune panels. Get it. Get all that information and see where you're at. And then you go on the plan. And then 90 days later, we repeat the tests that need to be repeated. Yes. And I'm telling you, Rena, I'm staring right at you right now with my eyes wide open. When you follow the plan, you get the results every single time. And right. it's a beautiful thing. So, but what, you know, once again, most doctors, I mean, heck, most cardiologists, they don't even care about even ordering simple cholesterol levels because they know they're going to recommend statins anyways. Yeah. The, 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 the American College of Cardiology, of which I'm a part of, and a fellow of the American College of Cardiology, uh, their, their main position really is, is in a lot of situations, they don't even order. Just put people on statin drugs. Yeah. And that's it. And uh, it's so sad. There's a whole thing about putting people prophylactically now, right? They changed the ranges. So the ranges became tighter, which means now you can actually prescribe more drugs to more people. Go find a natural doctor, right? You've seen all the natural people. There's so many natural people that are out there and there's more and more coming. The old, the old conventional, you know, Marcus Welby type of, you know, take two aspirin and call me in the morning because that's what I said. My yeah. way the highway, uh, that is gone. That is gone. Your friends invented the internet. Uh, and the internet is the uh, is is yes. the place where you find the information. And they're like, "Oh, Reno, what do you know? What do you, Doctor Google?" And you're like, "Yeah, Google took me to the original scientific yeah. literature. That's where it took me, and I read it. Have you read it?" And uh, they haven't. They haven't. Uh, and um, go find a natural doctor to order these tests on you, and um, and that's the answer. What what's this two aspirin deal? Is is aspirin good anymore or not? Because I've heard again again conflicting information about aspirin. Should people take? I, aspirin? I'm I'm totally against aspirin. The the evidence on aspirin is so flimsy. Uh, according to the American College of Cardiology, anybody any healthy 65 year old woman and under, aspirin is contraindicated, meaning wow. like you're not supposed to take aspirin. Wow. So if you're taking it for headache and stuff like that, that's the difference. And not which I don't believe in. There's to me, there's a natural cure for everything. I agree. Um, but um, uh, you know, that being said, aspirin is another pharmaceutical. Causes gastrointestinal bleeding. It's poison. Yeah. And the cardiac benefits. Uh, you know, I'll stick with beetroot powder, uh, which is a natural yeah. antiplatelet instead of taking a pharmaceutical that's going to give me an ulcer or kidney disease or whatever it may be. That makes sense. Last question, intermittent fasting. What are your thoughts on that? Does it work? Do you recommend um, I like intermittent fasting. I think it's a total craze. I think there's definitely value to it. I think there's good scientific literature about it as well, certainly from a cardiovascular standpoint, what it does. Uh, me personally, the way that I intermittent fast, I try once a week. It's a little, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy, right? Because we all have stressors and stuff and I've got 
you know, two kids, I've got three kids, you know, including a, you know, a four month old and it's yeah. a little difficult. I get a little cranky towards the end of my <laughs> fast and my wife's like, why don't you just eat something already? But what I do is, you know, Rena, is that I, uh, Saturday night is my last meal and then I eat nothing, uh, Sunday, all Sunday, Sunday night. And I'm drinking tons of water in that time. Trying to kind of relax as much as possible. You don't want to do any kind of heavy activity. And then Monday morning, I break it with a green drink. So that's a 36-hour fast. I think that's uh, I think that's a great way to go. If you do a water fast, juice fast. To me, the best thing about fasting is that when you're done with the fast, you're not craving ice cream. You're craving an avocado. Very you're true. craving a salad, right? So or nuts. I crave nuts. Or nuts. Very Definitely. true. Very true. And and you do. The first couple ones are really hard, and I don't do 36. The longest I've gone is 24, but you do feel- Start slow. I agree with you. Start slow, you know, see what your body can handle, you know, skip a meal. Rena, my favorite meal to skip would honestly would be dinner, because yes. dinner is usually where you just kind of sit down after the day, and you're just like shoveling in yes. tons of food, yes. and then you go to bed. It's like, you know what? I like to start off the day with, with some form of breakfast. I feel good working when I have lunch in my belly. And then I can go home and uh, skip the dinner. That's, that's great advice. All right. So for those who are listening to this, inspired by you, how can they connect with you? Do you offer telemedicine at this point, Skype consults? Uh, well, you know, we, uh, you know, come to the website, thedoctorswolfson.com, and, and doctors is abbreviated DRS. Uh, you can you know, follow us on social media, get a copy of the book. <clears throat> the way it works right now, is that, Rena, you know, you could give health advice to anybody around the world, including in the U.S. For the medical doctors, we can't, you know, so it's, uh, I cannot, I, if I was giving medical advice to someone in, in the Bay Area, for example, that would be construed as practicing in California without a license. So California, uh, if they found out, would come after me. Uh, hopefully the future uh, does, uh, you know, do, does entail the ability to, for me to speak to someone in California that doesn't come out. But, um, uh, you know, because there's no doubt I can provide tremendous value, uh, right. you know, to people out of country, I can do whatever I want. So I do Skype calls with people in, you know, Korea and Abu Dhabi and, uh, you know, England, Norway, all over the place. So, uh, but otherwise, listen, come out to Arizona. It's a beautiful place in Arizona. I've got an amazing nurse practitioner. I got health coaches. I got a great setup. But listen, if that doesn't work out, you know, once you, you know, all the information is in my book. Okay. It's just the testing is done here. Uh, in office, and I got lots of videos and YouTubes and uh, more stuff coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna release a podcast, uh, the Healthy Heart Show. So stay tuned for that as well. Thank you so much again, Dr. Jack. Really appreciate it. And for the rest of you, pick up the book, follow the simple plan. It's totally reversible. You can be someone who stays healthy and is not a statistic of heart disease. Stay smiling. I'll see you on another one of these. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.